I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the Financial Times, this is Hard Currency. Daniel urges caution. Dennis wants to talk about it. Lael thinks it's too soon. Eric and John say it's possible. And everyone wants to know what Stanley, William and Janet think. Federal Reserve members are once again confounding and confusing the market with a series of speeches and comments that may or may not signal that the central bank will raise rates next week. Isn't it time they changed the way they communicate and follow the policy of others, such as the Swiss National Bank? I'm Roger Blitz and a warm welcome to Hard Currency, the weekly podcast of the Financial Times on what's been going on this week in the foreign exchange market. We're joined this week with someone with strong views about how central banks communicate and what they should tell the world. And that's Peter Rosenstrike, head of market strategy at the online bank Swissquote. And as we are talking about the SNB, we're also joined by Ralph Atkins, the FT's Swiss correspondent. Can I start with you, Peter? How have we got to this state of confusion about what the Fed says? Well, you know, I think around uh, 2007, 2008, during the financial crisis, there was a need or or a sense of responsibility to communicate very clearly uh, what the uh, policies of the Fed were doing to sort of support the the issues at hand. And I think, you know, Bernanke moved forward with a very transparent uh, communication strategy. uh, And that was relatively embraced at the time, given the complex nature of the situation that they were trying to deal with. Uh, and since then, it has evolved to this, uh, you know, ultra transparent, you know, enormous amount of communication. Uh, and that trend has sort of gone uninterrupted uh, since then. And and here we are now where uh, we are watching Fed policy uh, very carefully. And very carefully. We're micromanaging. We're micromanaging. Yeah. And, and we have a, a situation where there's an enormous amount of of communication coming out of the Fed uh, at random parts, uh, random times, causing sort of rogue waves of volatility uh, and really disrupting the market. And, and, and the situation has probably, in my view, sort of got out of hand. There's been too much communication. Uh, these Fed members are not, you know, uh, you know, uh, professional speakers. Um, they often say things that maybe nuanced they didn't quite mean, uh, and, but it has a very profound effect on uh, on, on volatility and, and financial markets perspective. So, so my view and my thinking is that perhaps there should be a, a pullback yeah. of all of this communication. Okay. Uh, Ralph, you follow what the SNB says. They were speaking this morning. Uh, what, what did they One communicate? The exciting jobs on the FT, <laughs> I have to say. Well, how boring was it? Uh, well, the wording today is pretty much as it's been uh, in the past few press conferences. Um, they are very disciplined, um, cautious, um, but um, I, pretty predictable, except those odd occasions such as uh, January 2015 last yes. year when they suddenly <laughs> lifted the cap unexpectedly <laughs> on the on the, on the Swiss franc. But uh, in normal circumstances, they are very predictable, clean, um, easy to follow, easy to understand. And do, do we get these lots of other SNB members like we have the Fed with no, Daniel no, no. and Dennis and Leo no, all having basically, their... Um, three a three-man team, uh, two two men, one woman who who make the decisions um, together. So uh, and it's a fairly 
homogenous group of um, like-minded people thinking. So there isn't um, any, uh, certainly no public debate about their course of action. And how often are they are they saying and speaking? Uh, well, um, they have uh, speeches on uh, uh, regularly. I mean, the um, Thomas Jordan, the um, chairman, gave a speech um, only the other week on education and uh, the importance of education for central banking. <laughs> okay. um, they have press conferences twice a year, essentially. I mean, but of course, they can do them at any time if they wanted to. Um, but uh, much less communication than you get from Peter. Yeah, I, I think the interesting thing is that if the SMB was was slightly less conservative than than you expressed, I think the the analysts and, and the market would really want to know what the SMB's prognosis would be, what what their solutions might be if you know, and put all the hypotheticals forward. You know, what happens if the if the ECB goes more aggressive easing? What happens if there is a you know uh, a significant uh, political crisis in Europe and we see the flows of capital into Switzerland? And you know, it, it and by not setting a precedent where. People can ask these questions or, you know, not giving them a forum to do that. It limits the, vo- the volatility significantly. So while the the policy has been extremely s- steady, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that uh, if they opened up the, um, the, 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 the conversation that it wouldn't inject sure. volatility. Okay. Well, let, let's just widen this a bit and see across the central bank universe who gets this also wrong and who gets it a bit more right um the european central bank uh, mario draghi he seemed to have the market in his pocket a few years ago ralph um is he now getting it more wrong than right uh, well the ecb has of course become a increasingly complicated political organization it's all embroiled in the whole discussion about the future of the eu um, post-brexit uh, a lot of uh, questions about the future of integration and, and, and so on so which makes it much more complicated and, and creates more internal tensions um, i'm sure within the bank um, uh, and also they're doing um, ever more extraordinary uh, monetary policy measures as well which um, breaking the norms and everything which so it does it's, it's understandable, but it is. It does look very messy from the outside. I mean, we, we praised the SMB earlier, but I mean, the SMB has, a, in a sense, a much easier task. Yes, a tiny course. little Alpine economy that's doing extremely well. Um, it's, it's, so the ECB has a complicated, um, very divergent uh, economy to manage. But did you get the sense that uh, that Draghi Peter has has? How can I put it? Lost the lost the market's confidence. Uh, it almost in the way that the Bank of Japan well, has lost market. Confidence. I think I think not specifically Draghi, but I think when you when you open up significant communication, there there is erosion of confidence. And just the other day, we heard from Leitenschlager, uh, who came out you know, sort of against further easing, who said that monetary policy was was good and, and, and steady and, and sort of taken away, you know, what we were growing in expectations for further policy action due to the fact that, you know, uh, industrial production has been uh, quite weak in, in Europe. Uh, the German numbers are, are, are coming down. So here we have this uh, divergence between what is being said and the data, uh, which is causing significant issues. And the politics, I mean, Germany, of course. Right. Right. Of, of, I mean, the, everyone has a reason for why they why they do it, and that's 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 part of the issue. So so the, so when we go into 
to hearing uh, an ECB member or a uh, Fed member, they, they bring their political baggage, their economic baggage, all of that coming into, you know, are they ultra hawkish? Are they uh, hawkish? Are they dovish? Are they old? It, it, it's extremely complex where, you know, it, it, it almost becomes an unwinnable yeah. Uh, situation and it's fine for policy setting perhaps but when it gets injected into markets and it creates a volatility you have real consequences so you know saying that that so and so is leaning more towards the old bundesbank style of doing things doesn't necessarily mean that the volatility and the the real market pricing movement disappears but that is actually real but to to to, to give some defense to the fed and the members i mean look they are having a debate they are split uh, they should reflect that split, shouldn't they? Um, similarly, ECB has, you know, has lots of divisions across it. I mean, this is well, serious stuff. It's not it just is. about the process of communication. And, it's about and, the content of what yeah, they're talking about. Agreed, agreed. And it's not the the divergence of opinions that's the issue. It's the when it's the communication of that information. You know, when the S and B ha- puts forward a um, as they did today the the, the quarterly report. Um, it was a very stable one and a half pages. Here's the facts. This is what we think. Let's move on. But when you start seeing Fed members on on CNBC and and you know and taking questions ad hoc from the audience, you start getting into a, a quite a, a slippery slope. And I think that's really where it becomes you know difficult because the, they're not professional speakers. They they have verbal slips. Uh, and that has profound consequences within the marketplace. So, you know, I'm not saying that they should all the, the, the Fed or the ECB should become like the S&B, but I think there should be a slowing down of some of the communication and it might benefit everybody uh, significantly. This is a, a, a market which is constantly trying to anticipate what central banks say, and that is presumably creating some distortion in it. Ralph, do you think that, for example, the euro is... Uh, is a reflection of of fundamentals or what or the anticipation of central bank action I mean, I think that um, th- there is a lot of noise. I think that's uh, th- is basically what you're saying, mm. uh, Peter, isn't it? That there's a lot of noise in the um, debate, and and I think the maybe the the sort of the push towards greater communication ultimately creates sort of less clarity rather than. Than more sure. who, who do you think fears each other more? Is it the central bank, Peter? Is it the central bank who fears the markets more, or the markets who fear the central banks more? Well, I think. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's, it's a difficult question, but but I think right now the the markets are guiding central bank policy more than central banks are, are guiding the markets. I really think that that um, you know. It, Markets haven't lost their trust in central bankers. It's been tested, but it's not. It's not being yeah. lost. That's my. Much my I, th- I think. I think the, the 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 respect is still there. They they still drive pricing. That's for sure. It isn't the fact that markets haven't lost their trust simply because there's nothing else to trust quite, out there? Yes. What, what do you do? I mean, it, we really are in a bad way if uh, if markets do lose their trust. In I just, I, sorry, Peter. Well, I was going to say. I mean, the, the trust is there. We we saw. I think the most the the, the clearest indication of this is is the effect of Brexit. And the fact that that the the soon to be potential breakup of of the largest economic union in the world barely had a an, uh, more than a forty eight hour impact mm. in, in financial markets because of central bank policy and and being a backstop for risk, you know. So you know, I think that's that's a very strong testament of of how strong uh, central banks are right now. Um, yeah, I mean. 
an FX move uh, is that might be driven by the market or the central bank, um, it always doesn't matter. It always becomes nullified within a very short space of time. There's such short-termism in this market. At the moment. I mean, I think if you're if you're trading macro in FX and, and you're not trading uh, bond central banks, I think you know if you're looking at fundamentals as a primary determinant uh, of your of your trading, I think you would have a very difficult time. You look at some of these EM currencies like South Africa, uh, Russia, Brazil, you know, where the fundamentals are just stinky. And yet the appreciation that we've seen has been extremely dr- dramatic. Uh, and that's a, a testament of, of okay. risk appetite, yield seeking and central bank action. Donald Trump says that the the Fed has is losing its independence. Um, I just I just want to ask what you think about as as, as the world moves towards a more fiscal easing climate, in which we rely on governments and the politicians uh, to take over some of the heavy lifting from central banks. We will see central banks become much more in lockstep with how governments operate. I take, for example, the Bank of England and Mark Carney. With uh, the UK government as it moves towards this this du- duopoly of of running a government, to what extent should central banks do you think get close to governments and how they operate fiscal easing, uh, or should they remain aloof and, and independent? Well, uh, living in, in in Switzerland and having lived for a long time in in Germany, I know very much what the sort of the the, the German view on all this would be, which is sort of the nightmare scenario. It's the, the it's the um, uh, central banks funding governments. Um, they are buying the debt of governments. So they're in hock with the governments. Um, this is and it's undermining the independence of um, monetary um, policy making and ultimately will be inflationary. I mean, that's the, I mean, of course, no sign of it at the moment. I mean, so, so I think there's a lot of people on Continental who are, are seriously worried about, about this. Um, and, and should they be worried in the US and in the UK, Peter? Well, I think, you know, I think worry is one thing, whether it's a, uh, a consequence of, of the direction that we're going is, a, is another thing. And, and you look at J- Japan uh, and the inability for the BOJ to sustain um, you know, a weaker yen and, and shifting more towards a uh, sort of a fiscal-driven uh, policy, I think there has to be a greater level of uh, maybe not coordination but an understanding of what the, uh, the government is doing. And, and by taking it into consideration, is that you know, one step away from coordination? You know, uh, I think you're starting to get very close to that and I think we're going to head more towards that. I, I recently wrote something about, you know, helicopter money in Switzerland, and everybody said, well, you know, uh, recent uh, SMB members had no, no helicopter money. But there are there there are events in Switzerland that, that are definitely creeping towards that, you know, uh, that functionality. You know, so uh, while they don't like the term for it, you know, uh, uh, the funding of of government um, policy is 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 heading, you know, uh, towards us very quickly. So maybe when it comes to central banks, less is more. Less speaking, less coordination with with government, uh, better trust from the market as a result. Maybe. I think so. I I still think that, yeah, that um, that having a limited uh, communication strategy where not to the to the depth of having a rule based quantitative 
um, you know, uh, methodology, but, you know, saying, okay, th this is what we're looking for. If the data supports it, this is, you know, what we'll do. And uh, uh, eliminating some of the noise, I think, would be extremely beneficial, especially after volatility that we've seen in the last few months in the U.S. Great discussion. My thanks to Peter Rosenstreit at SwissQuote and my colleague from the FT, Ralph Atkins. And we'll be back next week to discuss uh, next week's Fed meeting and also the Bank of Japan's meeting and look ahead to the first debate of the presidential candidates to see how markets are responding to the US election. Keep up to date with all the FX news on ft.com forward slash markets. Until next week, it's goodbye.